This is the In Focus podcast from The Hindu. Hello and welcome to the In Focus podcast. My name is Jayan Shriram and I'm your host for today. Over the course of this week and the next, we begin our detailed analysis of the assembly elections in four states Assam, West Bengal, Kerala and Tamil Nadu and one union territory that's Puducherry. Voting has already begun in some phases in Assam and West Bengal and in Kerala, Tamil Nadu and Puducherry it is just around the corner. Before we look in some detail at each state going to the polls though and break down the flavor of each contest we thought we would use this episode to take a broader perspective on these elections as a whole. and try and give you a sense of what they mean from national level politics for the bjp which is trying to make inroads into areas not considered its traditional strongholds and for the opposition parties which are trying to stop its rise i'm joined for this episode by the hindus associate editor vergis george vergis welcome back to the podcast thank you for making time for us today Thank you Jayant nice to be with you again Right so before we get into our sort of individual analysis of each state and one union territory that's going in for assembly elections polling has already started in a couple um we thought we'd get you onto the podcast to discuss some broader trends that uh, that we should be looking for at these elections when taken as a whole so you know and that sort of would set up this kind of individual analysis of each state so um the first thing that struck me Vergis is that you know all five four of these states and one union territory these are all outside what you might consider the bjp's uh, traditional stronghold the hindi heartland so and and these are areas many of them in which they're trying to make inroads right so you know how does that set up the dynamic of these elections well and the, uh, as you rightly put it this is a, this is outside the hindi hindu heartland of uh, bjp dominance but uh, uh, bjp has been very re- relentless in its pursuit to enter into these areas in 2016 they made a remarkable uh, victory by winning uh, assam uh, where the bjp government is defending its turf and then trying to get a second innings there so, but west bengal is another state where the bjp did not exist until 2019 but 2019 they uh, made a success in the lok sabha election in kerala and tamil nadu the the, the picture is even bleaker for the bjp and its ambitions but still the fact that the bjp is relentless and it is very determined to enter into these areas is what makes this set of elections uh, remarkable and notable now how will this impact the bjp's fortunes nationally if they do actually manage to turn west bengal into a stronghold of the bjp and if they manage to retain hold on to assam we are now not even thinking in terms of whether they can do something in tamil nadu or kerala but still uh, if we can win these two states which is possible in my opinion that is going to be an extremely extremely significant victory for the hindutva nationalism project that the bjp is currently pursuing because it is entering and reinforcing itself in areas that are not hindi speaking but the regional languages regional cultures which are uh, very very strongly enriched in assam in west bengal in tamil nadu and in kerala so we are not at talking about tamil nadu and kerala but west bengal and assam are very well within the reach of uh, the bjp in assam as in as a second innings 
and West Bengal possibly as a first government of the BJP. Right. So, yeah, from a national politics point of view, we are looking at, um, we're not yet sort of talking about the BJP making any uh, potential impact in the southern states, though that's still an open question, of course. But we are, I mean, the kind of major trend that we are looking at is whether they can sort of gain a new stronghold in West Bengal and keep hold of Assam. Now, um, the you know, the one sort of big political question surrounding this election is that um, this is the first election after the discussion about uh, the CAA and the, NR- and the NRC. So, you know, what what is it about uh, those states that really, what are the major political trends in those states that we have to look for? Well, that is, I mean, the uh, NRC, the, the triad, citizenship triad, which con- comprise uh, the National Population Register, the National Register of Citizens and the Citizenship Amendment Act. Uh, the I mean, it is a, it's a, it's, it's a campaign debate in Kerala and in Tamil Nadu also, but only in a peripheral sense. Assam and West Bengal are two states where this uh, new citizenship regime has a direct bearing. The idea that the people who came from Bangladesh, which was earlier East Bengal and then later East Pakistan, the idea that India is a homeland for Hindu refugees of anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, that is what is enshrined in this citizenship. There are other religions also listed there, barring Muslims, barring Islam. There are other four, five other religions that are listed in uh, the Citizenship Amendment Act. But focus of the citizenship regime is unmistakable, which is to shelter and give citizenship to people who have, who have, who had to flee from, uh, in this context, from Bangladesh. Now, both in West Bengal and in Assam. This is a hot button topic. Now, uh, there is a huge chunk of uh, people, Bengali speaking population that is in Assam. They are largely being thought of as, a majority of them at least are being thought of as people who came from Bangladesh over several decades of uh, migration. In Bangladesh, in West Bengal also, there is a clearly uh, noticeable population of people who fled Bangladesh in uh, 47, in 1971. So these are people who have voting rights. But in 2003, one set of amendments to citizenship uh, law made the citizenship of a lot of these people suspect in the eyes of the law. Subsequently, the 2019 Citizenship Amendment Act created a route for them to apply for Indian citizenship and get it. But the the, the irony and the, of the situation is that the people who are seeking Indian citizenship under the 2019 CAA, they are required to first declare that they are illegal entrants into the country and they were persecuted uh, in Bangladesh and therefore they are seeking Indian citizenship. If you look at the language of the, uh, the act itself. Now, the rules of how this will be enacted, how this can be carried out, that remains uh, unmade. The, 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 those rules have not been made. So, the BJP has been asked in campaigns in Assam and West Bengal by different uh, groups, including the opposition parties, uh, when are the rules coming? Now, there is a selective use, invocation of the Citizenship Amendment Act, both in Assam and in West Bengal. So, BJP is also not 
very enthusiastically projecting it because there are other issues that are coming into play because the ethnic populations of uh, Assam are opposed to the idea of giving citizenship to anybody, uh, whether they are Hindus or Muslims or Christians. They, an ethnic population, uh, politics in Assam, at least in principle, in theory, they are opposed to giving citizenship to anybody from outside. In West Bengal, on the other hand, the question of uh, citizenship for people coming from Bangladesh or have to have come from Bangladesh, again, is a little complicated an issue uh, because when the issues of religion and language comes into play, there are contradictory forces at play. So the BJP is trying to sort of, BJP did say that they, the, the law will be implemented, but the emphasis is not really great on that. Broadly speaking, we could say that in West Bengal, the BJP is promising the implementation of CAA, while in Assam, BJP is rather silent on the issue. In uh, Among the opposition parties who are opposed to the CAA, they are also in West Bengal a little silent because any opposition to CAA has widely been seen as some kind of a, an appeal to the Muslims, which they do not want to be uh, making at this point in time. So in all, though the new citizenship regime is of very significant bearing for people's lives in Assam and West Bengal. The debate on it is rather muted and different segments of the population have different ideas. Even people who are opposed to the CIA, people are opposed to it for various reasons. Some people are opposed to it on the grounds that it is religiously discriminatory. Some people uh, are opposed to it uh, for the fact that it is actually opening up a floodgate, not only for people who are already here, but people who might come. In Assam, one of the major concerns that the ethnic groups have is that there are roughly 14 million Hindus who are still in Bangladesh. They fear that a new citizenship regime might actually open, incentivize their migration into India. So, citizenship right. debate has become such a complicated issue because it is being framed and debated and understood but different sects and segments and political parties in West Bengal and Assam. And therefore, the BJP is less than enthusiastic in trying to project a uniform narrative on this issue that, okay, uh, refugees are welcome in this country as long as you are a minority in their, your first place of origin. Right. Okay. So uh, one question that I should have uh, possibly asked you preceding this is the fact that, you know, when you take this particular set of states that are going into elections now in particular, I'm just going to read out the, um, I mean, what I want to ask you is, is the aspect of Muslim uh, politics, because uh, just to read out the sort of updated figures, percentage of total population, Assam, percentage of total population of Muslims, 34.22, West Bengal, 27%, and Kerala also close to 27%, 26.56. So, you know, that's, um, th these are these are three states with amongst the highest Muslim populations in India. It's a significant percentage of the population. And, um, you know, how has that framed your reporting, how you see this election playing out? Well, so we in, in West Bengal and Assam, we see, in, again, in Assam, we have the experiment of a Muslim party, which is called the AUDF, which is uh, essentially the catchment area of the AUDF is Bengali-speaking Muslims who have migrated to Assam uh, over several decades from what was undivided Bengal. So that is one Muslim party which has had its significant uh, success in the last four or five years, I would say. They, they've been growing. 
so this time they are in alliance with the congress and left parties so that is that constitutes a main opposition to the bjp in assam now in west bengal there is a new entrant which is called the indian secular front which is being led by a cleric this gentleman called abbas siddiqui a, a peer sada as uh, they are called he is venerated as a saint uh, he the isf is part of the left congress alliance again in west bengal now so they in in kerala if you look at kerala has a political party which is mo- broadly a muslim party it is called the indian unity muslim league which is part of the congress led the united democratic front now uh, what is of uh, import here is that in the last 10 years or so uh, the the muslim representation in indian politics is significantly falling the chances of a muslim member of parliament or a or a member of a legislative assembly getting elected from a mainstream party uh, has suddenly shrunk i won't say suddenly shrunk but it has been shrinking over the years and now it has reached a level where it is very uh, difficult or the mainstream political parties usually they are not very enthusiastic to field muslim candidates uh, fearing a religious polarization which could actually go against them as a result uh, we are living in an era where the overall muslim representation in politics uh, political scientists have pointed out is perhaps the lowest since elections began in 1952 after the first election from the first general election onwards now in response to this situation muslim intellectuals and muslim political elite have devised or trying to devise uh, responses to this thing so one response was uh, the was led by hyderabad based uh, asaduddin owaisi who went and took part in bihar elections in 2020 now uh, he had plans to enter west bengal but then the entry of uh, abbas siddiqui sort of changed the situation so much that he himself is become a figure there what will happen as a the while while the while the muslims are trying to uh, come under a political platform of their own how are they defining themselves in isf's case abbas siddiqui is saying that we are not a muslim party we are a party of all disadvantaged and dispossessed and poor people we, he says that we represent a class politics of the poor peasants and the landless and etc etc and he also has given tickets to candidates from all castes including the upper caste and the dalits and the backwards etc from the hindu community will that be an acceptable formulation will that actually Uh, or will it actually create a hindu backlash in the sense that there is already a hindu polar consolidation of hindu votes under the bjp platform uh, bjp is been successful in doing that thing the idea that there is a muslim party on the other side will it actually further aggravate the religious mm-hmm. polarization in west bengal will it have the same effect in assam perhaps it might because in assam one of the campaign points that the bjp makes is that if you vote against the bjp for the congress led alliance you are voting to make Aj, uh, badruddin ajmal who is a chief of the audf the chief minister of uh, assam so that is a campaign talking point so but the but the larger question of how muslim politics will emerge in a situation of uh, hindu consolidation on the one hand and muslim marginalization from politics and political power on the other hand how uh, how the muslim community will be responding to this thing so we have various models that are in play that are at play in this election you have a particular model in kerala which is quite a established model 
we have one model in Assam which was established earlier itself but this time it is in alliance with the National Secular Party which is a Congress and in West Bengal a different model is also so how this will be playing out and uh, shaping uh, this will be of uh, interest to watch this will have major implication critical implications for the way Indian democracy evolves so that is one point I think we should be watching out in this set of elections right so uh, we will sort of sort of get to a larger question to wrap up this episode but Vergi just before that we should touch on um, just a couple of aspects on uh, Kerala and Tamil Nadu uh, since we're doing an overall kind of primer episode on these elections um, so in, in Kerala the unique thing is that it's the only state that has a communist government in Tamil Nadu this time it's being watched very closely because it's the first election following uh, the demise of two you know giant leaders who dominated politics in that state for decades you know, how, how is that going to play out in these states? Well, I think, uh, again, uh, while in Assam and West Bengal, uh, two places where uh, regional linguistic cultural politics uh, has deep roots, BJP did make, which is already made remarkable inroads, regardless of the outcome, BJP can actually claim, BJP is actually trying to win power in uh, West Bengal. But regardless of the outcome, BJP is, a, is now a force to reckon with in West Bengal and in Assam. Kerala and Tamil Nadu actually tell a different story, but uh, the direction of the story is not very dissimilar from what we've been seeing elsewhere. The idea that there is a barrier in terms of culture or religion, uh, religion is, might still remain a barrier, or language that will prevent the BJP from expanding into certain areas that is coming under question and this election is going to answer, explain, give us a, a lot of explanations that might surprise a lot of traditional wisdom here. In Kerala, the only place there is a communist government and only place where the CPIM and the left parties remain a strong force, uh, it is possible this time that the incumbent government could win a second term. If it happens, that will be remarkable in itself but that will also be the triggering a new political realignment in, in Kerala. Uh, yeah. What I mean to say is that if the West, if, if, if the Congress cannot return to power after a break of five years, that I think will fundamentally challenge the Congress's ability to be a viable political force in Kerala. In the instance right. of the Congress collapsing in Kerala, that will open up uh, space for new conversations new realignments, BJP will have a chance there. In Tamil Nadu, the Dravidian politics as we knew it could have come to an end, we could actually say, with the passing of the matriarch Jayaralitha and the matriarch M. Karunanadi, which happened between the last assembly election and this assembly election. Now we have Stalin who is actually taken over the mantle from his father, but will, uh, regardless again of the outcome, or what happens in this election, the uh, the idea that uh, the Dravidian politics is eternally made Tamil Nadu an impenetrable fort for Hindutva nationalism may not be true if you look ahead. Uh, because in a political landscape where we can easily see it is not a fully occupied political space, there are opportunities for new alignments, uh, there are opportunities for new uh, uh, political slogans and agenda to be taken up. I think the BJP will be relentless and BJP uh, can make a very serious bid in both in Kerala and Tamil Nadu. 
there is a limiting factor that uh, has to be noted before we conclude that topic. BJP has an innate inability to speak to these people, uh, population, peoples of Tamil Nadu and Kerala, where uh, the, 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 the language, the political rhetoric that they use elsewhere may not be as effective and quite often it can actually have the reverse, uh, the negative effect of going uh, against the BJP. So that is a, a political communication and a, uh, that the BJP has yet to fine tune and, and customize for the populations of Kerala and Tamil Nadu. With that caveat in place, uh, we have to brace for BJP's uh, serious bids in both Tamil Nadu and Kerala in the coming years. Though, again, I have to underscore and emphasize the fact that we are not talking about this election about in terms of BJP's southern presence. But I think the idea that the BJP, there are certain geographical and linguistic barriers that BJP cannot overcome. That premise has been questioned very seriously in the recent, year, recent years. And I think mm. uh, this election could, could be indicative in the same direction further. Right. And last question. And, uh, you know, taking off from your previous answer, it did strike me in the middle that we've uh, spoken about assembly elections in four states across the country uh, without uh, hardly ever mentioning the Congress, which is, of course, a sign of the times. Right. Um, so, you know, how just to end it, how um, how do you see opposition politics and the BJP's politics sort of, you know, post this assembly election, depending on the results, how do they both go forward? So, for the Congress party, this will be going to be a significant election as well. Because uh, the inverse of the fact that the B these are all uh, states which are peripheral to BJP's politics until recent times uh, is also true. Which is that these are all states which uh, has had a very strong opposition politics until recent times. Uh, even mm. when the BJP won in uh, uh, 2014, these states have uh, largely been against the BJP. How the opposition politics of this country will be evolving in, in the future? Because now, as we all agree that there is a crisis in opposition politics in this country, we do not, they are in a, not in a position to articulate a, position, articulate a viable alternative to the BJP in terms of personalities and program. Now, mm. both in Kerala and in Tamil Nadu, Rahul Gandhi has been campaigning very hectically and hard. If the Congress win uh, Kerala leading the alliance and is part of the winning alliance in Tamil Nadu, that will be a major boost for Rahul Gandhi's image. I do not know how much of Rahul Gandhi's own leadership qualities may be contributing to Congress's performance in either Tamil Nadu or Kerala, at least in terms of interpreting those outcomes, mm -hmm. assuming that the Congress makes a good, good, uh, makes a good show there. It's a viable uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a legitimate argument to be made that, okay, Rahul Gandhi contributed to uh, Congress performance if it actually does well. And uh, mm -hmm. if the Congress does well in Assam, which it could, uh, in alliance with uh, these new partners, including AUDF, then again, that could be good for Rahul Gandhi. And uh, Congress has very little at stake in West Bengal, which is, uh, it, it, it is part of an alliance with the left in West Bengal. And nobody is taking that alliance any seriously in terms of the electoral outcome is concerned. But if the BJP does not win as it wants to and 
എത്തണം ദെൻ ഇറ്റ് വിൽ ബി എ വെരി ബിഗ് ബൂസ്റ്റർ ഫോർ ഓപ്പോസിഷൻ പൊളിറ്റിക്സ് ഇൻ ജനറൽ ബിക്കോസ് മമത ബാനർജി ദോ ഷീസ് നോട്ട് കോൺഗ്രസ് ഷീസ് നോട്ട് ബി ജെ പി ഈദർ ഷീസ് ബീൻ എ വെരി കോമ്പാറ്റീവ് ഓപ്പണൻറ്റ് ഓഫ് ദ ബി ജെ പി സോ ഓപ്പോസിഷൻ പൊളിറ്റിക്സ് ഇൻ ജനറൽ വിൽ ബി ഷേപ്ഡ് സിഗ്നിഫിക്കൻ്റ്ലി ഡിപ്പെൻഡിങ് ഓൺ ദ ഔട്ട്കം ഓഫ് ദിസ് ഇലക്ഷൻ പർട്ടിക്കുലർലി ദ ഫ്യൂച്ചർ ഓഫ് രാഹുൽ ഗാന്ധി വിച്ച് ഈസ് ഓൾവേസ് ബീൻ ഇൻ ദ ഫ്യൂച്ചർ ഫോർ ദ ലാസ്റ്റ് സെവറൽ ഇയേഴ്സ് നൗ വിൽ ബി മോർ ഇമിനൻറ്റ് ഇൻ ടേംസ് ഓഫ് ദ പ്രഷർ ഓൺ ഹിം ടു ഇതർ അസ്യൂം എ ഫോർമൽ റെസ്പോൺസിബിലിറ്റി ആൻഡ് ഗോഹെഡ് ഓർ ദ ഡൗട്ട്സ് ദാറ്റ് ഇറ്റ് മൈ കാസ്റ്റ് on his capabilities and his abilities in the event of the congress doing very badly and the bjp doing very well in assam and west bengal right i i think so workies we'll we'll wrap up this episode here and um i think we'll sort of return to this post um, these election results and see what trends we can read into this so uh, thank you for joining us once again on the podcast today and making time for us thank you thank you jayan the greatly enjoyed talking with you look forward to the next one soon and In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.